Yo. Hey. What's good? You're like, gotta hide the drugs. <laughs> no, more like I need to finish my coffee and wake up. <laughs> I know it's I know it's online, but let's clear the table. Let's clear the table. The feds are coming. <laughs> yeah, well, as everyone knows podcasters tend to also be feds. <laughs> Yeah, that's so true. Oh man, these We know days. you guys are narcs, you know. <laughs> we, we expose. We definitely expose. It's it's so true these days like on Daily Mail or the post you see yeah. Richie Richie Quake mm-hmm. said said something so bizarre. Canceled. Canceled. Immediately canceled. Canceled front page. Yeah. Well, hey, maybe We'd get some more people to listen to my music. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear the new single, Dog? Yeah, Yeah. he's canceled now. (laughs) He's got a a dog ring. It's not even about it. It's crazy. Michael Vick. No way. Yeah. Oh, no. We don't want to do that. (laughs) I in classic New York form, they're like, I didn't realize this morning they're doing like insane construction outside my window, so I'm sorry for the sound. Oh, of course, in it's prime prime time. Yeah, I have. I mean, there's not a day when there's construction when there isn't. You pray to the gods. You're like, wow, this is gonna be a great day, and then suddenly, yeah, you're getting just. I mean, there was like there was a period where the building that I live in was like under like massive construction every day, and there were there's literally like people hanging off the side of the building, like doing drilling into the brick directly outside of my window, and they would start at eight a.m. like drilling into the brick one foot away from my head for like a month, and it was what a time to be alive. I thought you were gonna say that you looked out your window and you they just took a break and started doing parkour. Dude, I wish they were doing parkour instead of drilling. I would have done they could be doing anything. They could be jerking off. I would <laughs> I would rather that than them drilling at eight in the morning. <laughs> Are you in Manhattan? Yeah. I'm in the yeah. Lower East Side. Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. Were you always there? I I feel like you uh, been, around. I've been here for two years now. Um like was in Bushwick for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, so I've always been in the city. Bushwick, that's where all the musicians live. I know. They're all out there and I'm out here so lonely <laughs> by myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've moved on from the L train. Yeah, I mean, where do you live? I'm in I'm in Brooklyn, Bed Stuy. Okay. Lower East Side was always on my mind to move to, but instead of construction, you've got the girlies now. We've got the girlies. They are here, and they are ready for brunch. They really are. Do you, are you one? That like frequents a particular restaurant in the Lower East Side like constantly. So every time I'm in the Lower East Side, I'm every time I one day I think about going to Dimes, I always see Aaron Main from Porches. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like I definitely am not as loyal to the to a specific establishment as some. You know, mm-hmm. like. There's this one guy who's literally just like the mayor of clandestino, like the mayor of Dime Square. Like he's he's my one homie who I just literally if I go the like I live like five five blocks from there, so it is inevitably like where I go to get, you know, coffee or breakfast and stuff like that. Um but with you know, bar none, I see this dude every single time. Like no matter what time of day, I'm like I he literally owns a company too. So I'm like, how do you have this much free time to just fucking chill in Dime Square every day? But uh yeah, he's he's out there. He is certainly out there. But I, I don't know. I I tend to like, you know, if I am going over there, 
if I want like a light bite, you know, dimes, deli is good. If I want something more sit down, you know, I like, I like Kiki's and I like, uh, we love forget me not for just like casual, cheap eats. <laughs> casual, cheap eats. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> there was, there was a meme. I mean, this meme has just been going on and on, but yeah, it's, it's like NYU kids. What do you guys do all day? They go to the L- Dive all day. I don't, I have not set foot in that place. Me too. And I'm, I have not set foot in that place. Like I don't, I don't have anything truly against it, but I'm just like, I just don't understand it. It's always jam packed. And then like right next door is clandestino. And you know, sometimes that corner can just be way too much. Like sometimes that, like I, I would, I avoid that, that corner very very deeply uh pretty much like thursday through saturday it's (laughs) (laughs) you know i like i like the more low-key days have you dj'd if if i'm trying to think are you saying if you've asked me to dj (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean if they gave me some money and like whatever you know i like i i uh I definitely like have fun DJing. So sometimes, you know, it depends for who. Uh, when they let me play what I want to play, I like to DJ. And I feel like Ladiv would be the place where they'd be like, "Yeah, just do your thing and make make people fucking dance." If that's the vibe, I really hate DJing at certain club, like certain clubs in the city. And I've actually been banned from a few of them for DJing for not giving a fuck about what I play. Wow. I guess I hope that doesn't get me like not hired. <laughs> um i swear i'm a good dj and when i when i when i try but yeah i don't know i mostly just like like to play what i want right which is generally good music you know i fuck with it that's why i play it you know exactly it's like taylor swift night but you're playing harry styles Uh uh-oh big no-no no, I don't know. I I would never do a Taylor Swift night. I I have nothing, uh, no no ill will against her, but I don't think she's my cup of tea. No, I, me as well. I I can't. I have a I... friend. My one friend Anna, like constantly, uh-huh. is trying to convince me that she is the best, and like I'll listen to it. Like we'll be in the car, and like she'll be like, "All right, we're going for it again," and I'm like, "All right." Let's go down the let's go down the rabbit hole. Put me on. Give me the good stuff. And it's fine. It's like totally fine. And it's like I I get uh I get why she has a, a massive career. Anna but, Shoemaker? Yeah, Anna Shoemaker. I feel like if you consistently listen to the same artist that is huge mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again, and you're a musician and you're the musician that uses your name as your band name or your music name. I feel like that will just start pushing you to want to be like Taylor Swift. I mean, I, I hope that happens to her. You know, I, I think she's uh, she's great. I'm actually going on tour playing guitar for for her tour. Um like in like a month and a half we're going we're doing a full u.s tour so that should be fun and i you know for her sake and for my own i hope she ends up like taylor swift you know let's go let's fucking private jets all around the world we out (laughs) (laughs) yeah because when i was working out i just put on a playlist whatever spotify gives me and anna Mm -hmm is on there now which is big from when we had her on the show i knew I knew that her day was coming and that's cool to see that you're also going to be playing guitar with her. Yeah, it's great. Like we, we do a lot of stuff together. You know, I, I do a lot of stuff with, uh, with homies. I think it's important to like keep, you know, support the friends and do all that. I think my album release show is actually going to be me, her, uh, my friend Andrew, who's in middle part, my friend Frank, who's in Morning Silk, 
So, you know, and those are all my best friends. So I feel like that's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. That's, that's, that sounds like the, the cinematic universe of musicians. Once yeah, you... this, this is our version of the Avengers, I would say. Rashad and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Dasar. You could check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. Rate and comment the Wear Many Hats show on Apple Podcasts and drop five stars on Spotify. WMH and Dasar is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Richie Quake is a musician and DJ based in New York. I first heard of Richie through doing collaborations with friends and guests of the show and a shoemaker along with Morning Silk and Middle Part. I just saw Richie play for the first time out with his band on the rooftop for friend and guest of the show, Scotch Miss, and their record release show. Richie DJs all your favorite parties in the city. I think I saw him throw in a, a Stacy's Mom by Fountains of Wayne in a clip. Richie <laughs> is signed to Mass Appeal Records, so sick. I'm at the Tropical Storm. I'm at the Earthquake. I'm at the combination Tropical Storm and Earthquake. Please welcome Richie Quig to wear many hats. Hello, hello. What's up? Yo, yo, Thank yo. you so much for having me on. Of course. It's been a long time coming. I mean, I've been... I don't know when that Avengers, that you know, cinematic universe of musicians. I just wanted to tap all you guys in because you guys, it's the music that I'm kind of currently into instead of, there's a lot of musicians in New York. You know, yeah. there's a lot. There's, there's a, a lot. ton. There's a ton. And that that group that you're in, it's it's a special group. I agree. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I love, I love all my people. <laughs> You know, from I don't know. If, does middle part? I does he still is he still at Rays or he's no he <laughs> he uh he and I actually worked together at Roberta's. No way. Yeah, yeah. Let's we both got go. jobs there, like like two or three months ago. That's so sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's, Roberta's. It's, that's a institution. It is. It is an institution, and it's literally only musicians there it's so funny like some of my like some bands that i like really like mm -hmm. i'll like meet someone and i'll just you know we're talking at like at work and they're just like oh you're in this band that's fucking crazy like you know like there it's i was like uh, there was two guys when i walked in from this one band and um and i was like oh my god i saw you guys play like three weeks ago you guys are sick and they're like what's up <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's kind of hectic because it's like it really is all musicians and we all will be like all right cool i'm gonna take a month off like because i right. gotta go to europe or some shit you know or like so it's it's hectic but in a good way it's it's pretty funny damn everyone's and i mean but that's the place to hire running uh not running gun, but more so a hired gun musicians. That's the first spot. And then, you know, put posters up. Yeah, no, it's nice. And they do like shows and concerts and parties all the time. So they've asked me to like DJ and put together a few events already as well, which has been chill, you know, like the, when I, like when I first was working there, the owner was like, me and him were chatting because he was sitting at the bar and we were just talking music and 
he was like, oh, you know, like a lot about music. He is, he was like in a, you know, like a punk or hardcore band or something talking about touring. I was telling him about my touring and he was like, oh yeah. Like, so what, what's your, what's your project? And I was like, it's called Richie Quake. And he was like, no shit. I fucking follow you already. Like he was like, I've listened to your music for years. I was like, hell yeah, here I am holding it down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty chill. And then all you got, everyone at the restaurant has to go on tour. So the, the shop will just close. <laughs> You're like, sorry, every single person working is on tour. It's <laughs> a so Roberta's super group. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Damn, damn. I did remember when you signed on to Mass Appeal or even, yeah. even, yeah, even just like publishing and whatnot. I was mm -hmm. that like such a big day for you? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a big moment for me um, because I'd never gotten a record deal before mm -hmm. um, or a publishing deal. And, it was right after the pandemic, like not, not, not even right after the pandemic. It was kind of like right after the peak of the pandemic, you know, it was 2021. So it was when we had our vaccines and whatnot. Um, but, you know, right before the pandemic, when I got back from college, I was like, just, I, you know, I went to music school and I wanted to be a musician forever since I'm a teenager. And um coming back from school you know i was having a hard time i had really lost my way musically um i was feeling really desperate i found djing uh which was great because i was able to make money it was very music adjacent um but after a few years uh i just realized i was partying and i like didn't want to be uh, no offense to people who who only DJ, but I didn't want to like just be a DJ because for me that was never the path. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make music, and I felt like I had lost my way in that sense. So right before the pandemic, I said that I was going to try music again, like in a ser in a more serious way, and I put out a project um called paradise dreams that was an ep one of the songs did pretty well um and then i got a manager i got a studio and then the pandemic hit and it was like shit you know i literally just there's you know now there's no djing at all so there's no way to make money and i have this management team and i have a studio and i just put out this project but i can't play any shows so i was like all right i'm just gonna like I'm just going to, I had some savings at that point and I was like, all right, I'm going to like try to do music and really make it work. Um, and, you know, at the same time, my parents were like, yo, you've been, you know, fucking around, you've been a DJ and you're, you're like, you know, we, we went to music school, there's a pandemic, like you got to go back to school and get a job. And I was like, cool, I feel you, but. I'm just going to try to do this. You know, there's nothing I can do. It's a pandemic. So I was like, I'm just going to try to make music for the next year and see if it works out. And I came out of the pandemic pretty much with a record deal and a publishing deal. So for me, it was like, it was a win in that sense that I really just like put my mind to it. And it was the first time that I really ever felt like I had uh, any success as a musician. Um, and those days, those things are rare, you know, for any musician, mm -hmm. you know, no matter, no matter what, you know, except if you're like the 1% of just people who like it always works out for, <laughs> um, you know, it's, so it's hard to success as a musician, you know, um, beyond, you know, just personal pride from like releasing music that you feel happy with or whatever. Um, so for me, yeah, it was a moment, you know, it was, it was a moment where I really felt like maybe there's, there's a real shot at this. Um, you know, I don't want to say that moment's since been tainted, uh, you know, but I, I do remember it fondly.
Right, right. You're doing all everything that like a musician everyone has like that story, you know, and it's like paying the, their dues. It's they sign a, a record deal. They're also working in service as well. Just like yeah. it's like the back and forth. And dude, I honestly think it's super charming. I think that's like it brings it back to the good old days still. But I mean I've I'm not saying that I've lived many lives by any means but i when i first saw you perform i it just brought me back to look i'm a warped tour kid i grew up during those days and i i loved it so much Mm -hmm. and there's obviously no warped tour anymore but you're that set that you performed was perfect for like a warped tour stage for some odd reason in my mind but like you have different types of music. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I that appreciate moment. that. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, I think like something that has been an interesting thing for me is like getting to know my sound. You know, I think some people are lucky enough to find um, find something early on and, and it works and they stick with it. Um, I've always had just kind of a manic approach Mm. to like music and identity where I just like, I just need to like go a million directions before I find out what I like. And I've done a lot of things. And I think, unfortunately, maybe it's confused my audience a bit um, and like uh, industry because I've done like synth pop stuff and I've done, you know, more like psychedelic. I don't even know what to call it. Like, indie psychedelic indie pop or indie r&b sort of thing Mm -hmm. and then my last two like my last record my last record i want some that was the full first full length that came out on mass appeal was pretty much an indie pop indie rock record um very guitar based um very rock oriented much more like distortion and all that stuff and then my latest record it's it's like all live it's all lot like recorded live it's guitar total guitar music it's like very like what you're saying like would fit on that warp tour sort of vibe um and i think it's because i've just made a big full circle back to my own roots as well you know mm-hmm. i grew up playing guitar just playing guitar in my room writing songs and you know, I think maybe it's not the best thing to, you know, to look back on. But I, I admit that, like, I have, you know, I was very easily influenced by the times and, you know, when, you know, different sorts of sounds were were happening. I kind of tried to fit into what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I think I had a moment like two years ago where I just was like, I really don't want to do that anymore. I just want to make the music that feels right to me. And what feels right to me is like the most kind of organic raw thing possible, which is just me and a guitar. So now I just write music that way. And the set that you saw is just me doing like what's, what's most natural to me, which is like writing songs that have a rock arrangement and then you throw it up on the stage and it sounds exactly the same, if not better, because it's like live and more energetic, you know, there's no like synth overdubs and like, there's no, you know, crazy production tricks. It's really just what you see is what you get. And you get me, you know, a guitar part, a lead guitar part, a bass part and drums. And that's, that's now kind of what it is. And it feels really good. I'm glad that it translated well. And Mm -hmm. I, and I really appreciate you saying that because it feels great to, to just be able to go up there as yourself with nothing, with no frills, no backing tracks, no in-ear monitors, no, like, you know, just the knowledge that like exactly what I'm bringing to the table is exact is exactly what i need you know oh yeah like i step up here i got the guitar we got the amps we got the drum kit and we are gonna sound 
great because that's what we want to do you know yeah it's just i feel like these days people are making their tracks so complicated you know you said yeah. like you said no frills these days i don't some of my favorite bands that i loved that was just like very simple i don't understand why now they're still good songs but i can tell it's like so overproduced and they got like all these string arrangements mm-hmm. that's like i don't know if it's record label like induced or like they have all this money to burn or they just want to make it like the most theatrical big budget thing um i that's just my hot take where i'm i'm more of like a simple guy i i miss i just like three instruments and there we go yeah i'm i'm definitely a sucker for like straightforward like good song writing Mm -hmm. um i always have been it's where my roots are like when i started playing like you know like i said when i started playing music it was just me and acoustic guitar and you know you get really like good at telling if a song is good when you're just playing with the acoustic guitar and yourself, <laughs> because if the song's not good, it's like, there's nothing to hide behind. There's no cool production. There's no cool like samples or, you know, effects or whatever, like, and I think that that's probably where that comes from within me is like, just really. And I went to school for, you know, composition, like song songwriting. So it's like, there's definitely I have a bias mm-hmm. that's maybe unfair um, when it comes to like just wanting to write a really good song and having it be minimal. I came up at like loving like folk music, you know. I love like my first influences were the Beatles and Bob Dylan and Paul Simon, James Taylor, like Cat Stevens. Um, like Elliot Smith, stuff like that, you know, Jeff Buckley, Leonard Cohen. So it's like all just people with like instruments playing good songs with good lyrics. <laughs> I feel like your fan base wouldn't guess that though. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I, you know, like I said, I, I've always up until you know the last couple of years i think i've i I probably cared a little bit too much about Mm. what was going on um in the world and tried to make myself relevant instead of just doing what i want to do so i'm hoping that with the new album people see those influences you know i i hope like you know my latest single dog it's it's just me and an acoustic guitar and uh my friend played cello um and it was really stripped down and and pretty bare and you know i just you know i think the that that stuff like i i don't have a super aggressive voice so it's like also singer songwriter stuff does like lend itself well to my voice um but i i also love like I also grew up with like Nirvana and like Smashing Pumpkins and all that stuff. And you can definitely hear a lot of that influence, like with the instrumentals, I think. You you can, because I, I was going to say, I, I'm i a singer-songwriter as well. Um, my music project, Smog Cutter, is solely based on that. And I love the singer-songwriter jams that you put out. It's very exciting. I think that more people... I I feel like, you know, it just keeps going back and forth. They'll go to sing singer songwriting and then just goes back to full band, the whole back and yeah. forth. I do love that you brought up being relevant. And I think that that's what musicians currently right now are really sucked into. I obviously with social media and whatnot, it's, I think it's like, I honestly think for musicians, it's like the worst drug. Yeah, it's a it's a bad it's bad it's a bad drug. <laughs> it's it's not good. Um, 
I the only reason why I say that is that if you're a musician, sure, it's about putting out your music, and definitely it should be that. But for some odd reason, the all the posts have to be your face. Yo, it's so annoying. <laughs> I I kind of stopped doing that. Like it's impossible <laughs> for me to like take that many selfies. <laughs> And I don't have that many photographer friends. What <laughs> can be like? All right, time for our weekly shoot where I like look cool and different again. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Everyone is everyone that's a musician. Where musicians call themselves artists, which they are, and we're like, as an artist, we got to help each other out. But you don't see like painters, you know putting yeah. up selfies no it's crazy <laughs> yeah it's like it's one of you know it's one of the only art forms that you have to fall in love with the person before you fall in love with the art a lot of the time mm -hmm. you know you're right about that it's like you know painters you don't like someone doesn't become an, a painter by like I mean, you could, but like, I don't know. I wouldn't want to see any of those paintings. Like, no. you don't become a photographer by like posting selfies. You know, you don't become a video director by posting selfies. You don't become an actor by posting selfies. But apparently, you become a musician by posting selfies. Chloe Wise is the only artist I know that does that with her work. You know, with paint, her paintings are of her her friends who are practically in the scene and it's and them doing whatever but it's their their faces are on there but it just like blows up i mean she was big before then but i now that's like a that's like a whole another crash course interesting i don't know her i gotta yeah. check her out yeah 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 so um, i don't know if it's but again like music just to get your music out there how besides like playing shows you're not like on the subway selling mixtapes not anymore unless you're bringing it back you're like <laughs> mass appeal <laughs> mass yeah. appeal made me do this dude they did they it was in the contracts and they sucked <laughs> fine print i didn't read it uh <laughs> that's no that's that's it's funny because as Mass Appeal is your first, usually, so I'm from Philly. What I love mm -hmm. about Philly, I wrote this, I wrote this tweet actually recently about one of my favorite things in the world is when Philly musicians get their like day, get their like payday because yeah. there's, you know, there's so many, obviously, yeah, yeah, very, very talented Spirit of the Beehive, Alex G, Sheer Mag, mm -hmm. and they're all homies and it's, Japanese breakfast but like yeah. I've seen them grind from the beginning and then right. finally but the thing what I love is that what I really really do enjoy is like they sign to a small label first and then it's just like it builds up and then yeah. signs to a major the whole indie to major mm -hmm. is just so funny to me it's kind of crazy man and I like I understand it like I think you know, my once my album is out, um, that's the end of my deal with Mass Appeal. Mm -hmm. And my next move is either to just go independent for a while or sign to a small, smaller label, just because I feel like at this point, like having having someone that believes in you and having someone that uh, your vision aligns with is so much more important than like having a really big machine behind you because I don't know, just like there's no subtlety in big machines, you yeah. know? And uh, unless you're making a very lowest common denominator product, it's hard for a big machines operating system to deliver you to a massive audience uh 
Whereas these smaller labels that are, in my opinion, much more visionary mm. um, and niche and like boosts on the ground, um, yeah, they can so like, true. they can like really curate something that works for, for a certain type of person or. You're so right. That you know, it's like. No, the reason why I just, just I, I noticed, you know. No, yeah, because like Brendan Gessler show Shallow Halo today mm-hmm. posted that like, oh, one of her singles is like on Wabi Parker's like playlist or whatever. And but she's been yeah. going on like a bunch of playlists, and I'm and I'm very familiar with the label that she's on. That's like yeah. small, but they're putting in work. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's also like, you know, smaller labels also have more to prove. <laughs> True. You want to look at it that way. It's like uh, they 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 want to live off of this, you know. Right. Like a huge label, they're fine, you know. Like they're gonna live off of like you know the Drakes and the Kendrick Lamars and right the, or, of the world. Like they're not worried about you as much. Whereas if you're a smaller label, like you want your artists to succeed because right. the more that your artists succeed, the more you succeed and the, the better you, chances you have of becoming a successful label yourself. I mean, don't so, get it twisted. She also wants to go major too. Sorry, Allison. We talked about sorry, this. Allison. Yeah. I mean, but also her music is like, it has more of that like synth pop feel, which I think is, um manageable in that realm you know mm-hmm. like it almost i i hope she doesn't hate me for this comparison but it's like almost like that like caroline polachek thing i mean i don't know why anyone would hate me for that comparison because i love caroline polachek but so uh, do I. um i think that you can see just caroline polachek is off the beaten path but it's like hugely successful it's great and people love it you know she's getting features from like charlie xcx and all these cool futuristic pop people which is amazing do you ever talk about anything else but instead of music oh my god you're you're going for my throat right now i really try like it's so pathetic when people are like, what do you, what's your hobbies? Like, what do you like? I'm like, I like music. Like, that. <laughs> like I like music. That is the thing that I do all it's, the time. Music is so good. It, talking about music is so great. I'm like, I, I've yo, seen have it. you guys heard this shit? It's <laughs> fucking dope. Like, how could you not want to talk about it all day? <laughs> it's so good. Check I, this I, one out. I, I agree. You know? I I yeah. agree. I just feel like you can talk I've been about trying it for to talk, hours. I've been trying to talk about other shit. Like I mean, I talk about like philosophical shit, obviously. Sure, like sure. And family and, and like, crypto. You know, like, yeah. And crypto. I talk about my <laughs> investments pretty often. Um, no, my dad. My dad actually <laughs> is really trying to get me to understand finance because he's like, "You're gonna die if you." <laughs> like as a musician like he was like you have to understand your finances like, I, I'm like that's okay. good that's good yeah wait what is he, he trying to teach you um this is good he's just been like you know so my my dad um had not a rough childhood but you know not not great and um didn't graduate high school and worked in restaurants he ended up owning his own restaurant, uh, opened up another one. So he owned two restaurants for most of my childhood. They, they did, they did all right. Um, but then when, uh, when the restaurants closed, you know, there was just not many options for him Mm -hmm. and he's a smart dude. And he like learned about, he took a bunch of online classes, learned about finances, learned how to invest. And he was able to like retire um and now he just invests and like does that and just like learns about how to invest and like manage your finances so 
I think when it came from him kind of like learning that at like 60, he was like, and him, you know, understanding the idea of being kind of a self-starter who like doesn't want to work a traditional job and have like security and a boss and, and you know, insurance through any, you know what I mean? Like he understands that, that lifestyle. So I think he's just like, as a cautionary tale, he's like, I I didn't learn about this shit till I was, you know, forced to at 60 years old because I was like forced into retirement, basically. Um, he's like, you should learn it now <laughs> so that you can be smart. So he's like, he's telling me to get like a Roth IRA, which I got. Do you know what that is? I've had it for years. Yeah, so I learned about that and I got a Roth IRA um, learning. That's really the extent of my knowledge at the moment. Ready to teach you about Roth IRA. <laughs> <laughs> and no, then yeah. like you have like one more question. I'm like, no. <laughs> Yo, so good. Yeah, because this is like a this is a money podcast, and we're all about quick get you, rich schemes. How'd you sneak me on here? You know, <laughs> are we gonna do a drop shipping Amazon? <laughs> Dude, that's that's that's. I mean, it's it's just interesting because the label doesn't teach you that. It's got to be out. No, they don't want you to know it. They don't. They mm -hmm. actively yeah. don't teach you it. You know, like labels are evil <laughs> they uh no they don't they don't want you to know about your finances and and i mean even like the way that things are structured it's like i think you really have to you would have to be very very self-motivated like i think about i think about it a lot because i'm like a paranoid freak of like if i didn't have if i'm if my manager is like just like left one day i'd mm -hmm. well how do i do this like I, like how do i register a song and like handle the splits and mm -hmm. like get my money and like get you know handle bmi which is like the, the uh royalty company that i'm with it's like yeah it's really it's really tough and like it's a very self-navigated self-motivated sort of learning there's not i mean i guess you could go to school for music business but i didn't i went to school for writing music <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I mean I've been hearing a lot of musicians uh complaining. Yeah, that's what I said, complaining. Yeah. I don't I don't know about I don't know about if it's like bitching, but it's more of like, oh, you have to do it's not I mean, it's yes, 90% is the music, but then I do the graphic design, get a photographer like producing. Oh, I'd, I'd go the other way, man. I'd go I'd go 10% is the music. Like, I, I mean, I think, you know, there's, there's so many talented musicians out there. There's more, there's more talented musicians. There's more talented and innovative and creative and original musicians who are no one uh, because they don't have, you know, a team of graphic designers and video people and they're not, you know, they don't look like a model and they don't have friends in the music industry and they don't have, you know, a daddy who, who like owns a label, like, you know what I mean? Like that's the 90%. Like there are, you know, so many musicians who are amazing. I, I know, I know so many musicians in New York who are amazing. And uh, it's been, it's been great that, that there's like a scene here, but it's, it's certainly underground um, and it's not being backed by the industry. Um because music is very small part of the equation in the industry's mind. That was very not real. In <laughs> not in yeah. your mind. No, I mean, come on, you got to take it. What, what I'm saying with a, with a grain of salt too. Of course. It's like, I, for me, music is everything. It's like, it's, I would rather listen to good music over somebody who's famous on TikTok. So, but it's just the way the world is. You also have to realize that there's a reality. I know we have to adapt. It's 
it, yeah. as much as we've been pushing back for so long of not being on TikTok, we're adapting. Yeah, I mean, I'm on TikTok. I try to make it feel right. You know, it's it's pretty difficult um, to to feel like um, any sense of pride after you post a TikTok or dignity. But uh, I tend to try and just like either treat it kind of goofy or like if I am going to be serious on it, I'll just like, because I play guitar pretty much every day for, you know, like an hour or so, maybe, maybe more. I'm, I like to just like sit and like, I'll dead ass just like look out my window and like play guitar. Um, so I try to just film myself doing that. You know, I'll be like, oh, I'm like practicing this song. Like I'll just, I'll film myself doing, it. Oh, I'm learning this song. Like I'll just put the camera down and, and do it or, or clips from like shows or something, just stuff that doesn't feel like I'm, Oh, or it, like today I, my people. label is making me do this today yeah i tried i tried i tried that for a little <laughs> bit i yeah there's a there's definitely a struggle with the labels wanting you to do tiktok <laughs> I, I the only time i've ever filmed myself was playing... for your only for it was for my only fans so um uh wear many hats on only fans yeah. check it out please subscribe yeah. all that content out there um no but the thing the thing is the only time i filmed myself was for like it, when it's like my friend's birthdays i would write like yeah. i would play them a song or something like that but with like happy birthday and something but that would be strictly private on the only fans nothing right. nothing nothing too crazy but for for ig you know mm. that's a that's a whole nother uh breaking cringe that's like a whole nother like you're already I, doing tiktok and like i mean you know i try to do the man on the street stuff with the podcast yeah. and like yeah, yeah. that's just me being silly and funny and whatever as someone in my 30s yeah, but the whole being vulnerable and saying how much like you know you love your family, playing guitar and like showing up, it's just like, dude, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. Like, I don't know, I don't know how how people do it, but I don't know. Also, like, because you know you are you are a great guitar player, but. Showing off, you know, you fit like, you know, finger picking, you know, doing like the whole acoustic singer song. That's just also, it's just, there's like a, watching the skill level, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, this guy likes folk music. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, I don't know, I guess, you know, I've never really had um, that many viral moments on tiktok and whenever i have had a viral moment it's been like literally the dumbest shit of all time but recently <laughs> i had like a little bit of success um just doing that yeah just like playing this song where i'm like kind of finger picking guitar and singing and yeah it was it was going off for like a week i would just do that every day and i guess people fuck with it you know so maybe i'll do that some more who knows no that's good that's good. I I commend anyone that just there's already you're already putting music out, right? And that's like vulnerable enough. Going live, come on. That's just honestly, you know what? I feel okay about going live. I've gone live a couple of times and like same scenario where I'm just like I'll just be playing guitar in my living room and I'm just like, well, I could just go live. I could just literally go live and like do this. And sometimes I'll get some views. I'm just like, whoa, what's up guys? This is fucking crazy. Um, sometimes I'll be playing to like, you know, I'll like click the little icon. It's just like my mom, <laughs> like <laughs> one person in the room. <laughs> there actually was a fucking hilarious like incident where I was posting on TikTok and you know how like some people have the username like uh user 4751000 you know yeah and 
this person would like and comment every single every single time I posted a TikTok. And I was like, you know what? I feel pretty good. Like maybe this is working. This is awesome. Like I love user four seven five one thousand. Like, and eventually one day, I send a TikTok to my mom, and you know where this is going. It says like user four seven five one thousand opened your TikTok and viewed it, and I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And I like texted my mom. I was like, do you have a TikTok? And have you been like watching and liking and commenting? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, motherfucker! I thought this was like a fan. This is from my mom. <laughs> That's love. It was love. It was love. She's very supportive. My That's mom bakes. That's, That's not love. love. <laughs> yeah. That's love. No, my mom bakes. Uh, my mom like bakes cookies every day. That's her hobby. And she like bakes cookies and like listens to Richie Quake every day. <laughs> <laughs> and it's mad cute. Like, I'll call her and I'll just be, like, on in the background. I'm like, yo, you gotta switch it up. I'll send her music to listen to. I'm like, you can't just listen to Richie Quake all day. <laughs> it's really, it's really, it's really endearing, though. It's really cute. It really is. It really is. You got, you got songs. I have some songs. You're just going to keep putting out more and more songs. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have any plan on, on stopping. I'm like, mm -hmm. I have I have four more songs to put out until my album is out in November. And then I already have like 10 new songs. So once the album is out, I'm like trying to do, you know, just maybe another EP or another full album i don't know so when you when you go to the shop you work at the shop and then when you come home you're just writing and recording it's just like a vicious cycle till yeah i mean i like to live a little bit in between too <laughs> dj um, yeah i mean i dj like i do i i feel like i i'm not as religious of a of a song finisher as I once was. Mm -hmm. um, I think that I, I prefer to let it like build up for as long as I can. So like I noodle around a lot, you know, I, I, I noodle around a lot and like come up with a chord progression. And then I just play that chord progression for like three weeks and I change it and I change, you know, add a section, I take away a section, I add a new section, I add a melody. I'm like, I write lyrics for it. I take away those lyrics. I make new lyrics. I take a section from a song that I did two weeks ago. And like, I like writing songs like that these days instead of sitting down being like, okay, I'm going to write a song now. Here it is. Um, like, now it's done next song like i don't know i prefer to like let things kind of live and breathe a little bit um and marinate and like have let my life experience and like whatever is happening influence the direction of what i'm doing mm -hmm. so that it feels a little bit more cohesive a little bit more organic um and so yeah it's not it's not like a militant state of like you know coming home and like i'm doing a session or i'm like writing you know like i just very casually write all day every day like i ride the train and write lyrics or like i will see a sign or somebody will say something and i'll write it down and then i'll hear a song and i'll be like oh i love that like vibe or like that chord progression or like that melody or whatever and i'll mark it down and like Eventually, you know, three months later, I'll have, you know, eight songs because of just like all the things. So I try to keep it really casual. I I think that's funny that everywhere you go or that's like the idea, right? Yeah. Or your song. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. I mean, I don't think that you do this, but that's what i've been hearing in a lot of either new musicians or current musicians that 
are this generation's I'm I'm not old by any means, but they are just the way they flow and they the the way they write their lyrics, it's like what they saw on the street. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's the most powerful stuff because it's like all the songs that are like about these huge, big concepts, I feel like they've already been written, you know, like, and, you know, like, I, you're never going to write a song better than Across the Universe, you know, like, you're never going to write a song that's like more encapsulating than like, let it be, you know, like, these like huge, big concepts, like, you, you, you like you can only write the things that are right in front of you and hope that they like expand into some sort of greater depth. I like know? that you said in front of you, I usually write songs that are kind of in the past that are behind me. I've, or I don't, I don't think I don't write any lyrics that are like tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's like, if it's about in in that sense of like, obviously, you're always reflecting. I mean, maybe there's, I don't think, yeah, I don't think I've ever written anything either that that's been like any sort of prediction or hope or some sort of thing of like, I, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that. It always has been like a reflection of what's been going on. But, but I, I guess I just, I mean, like, like, I was hanging out with my friend, Freddie the other day and we went to a gallery where my friend Naomi was um she runs like a publication company and she was uh doing one of her one of her like a reading of one of her works and we me and Freddie just like to jam a lot and like hang out and you know smoke and drink and whatever and we were coming up with this chord progression and I just ended up writing like, you know, Naomi speaks at the gallery. Like, you know, that was it. Like Freddie said he had a cigarette and we could split, you know, like all these lines that are just what happened, you know, just like very like matter of fact, but they ended up, you know, they end up embodying like something bigger, you know, that's great that so, you have your friends in your songwriting. I try to, I'm trying to do that more. I really, I love that stuff. It's that's so, good. Uh, it's so great um, to me when artists do that and I have not explored it enough. So I'm really trying to like include more characters um, into my songs. So I've, I've, I've named a lot of people recently, which has been a cool way to really so like zoom in on uh on like a, the world that you're living in i think it's i think it's really sick and fun you can drop my name and the podcast wear many hats in <laughs> one of your songs <laughs> yeah that's actually my plan that's that's coming up i already was i already you know wrote down my favorite quotes from you today so <laughs> I'll be incorporating that into it. Richie. Something really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> of being on the Wear Many Hats podcast. That that actually sounds like a a single right there. Yeah. Well, it's <laughs> probably gonna be my next one. So get ready. <laughs> Richie, where is a place you like to go to hang your hat? I mean, I see that when you play shows, you you never wear a hat, but you're always wearing some type of hat it's well it was early morning and you're always just wearing a hat i feel like, I like hat. about hats are you look great in them but where is there a place that you like to go at the end of the day to put your feet on the table and either write produce come up with concepts or brainstorm or even write your lyrics at the end of the day um let's think 
I, I actually, mean, I actually yeah, ripped. I mean, it's a long, it's a very, very like old saying, but I kind of mm-hmm. ripped it from the Ray's menu. FYI. Oh, really? Yeah. They have it what on did, their menu. What do they say? I, I don't know. It's something with like, so, like somewhere drink. to hang your hat. Yeah. 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 It's like at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. You just grab a Tecate from there. Yeah. I mean, definitely it's Ray's then. No. <laughs> Just, you know, raise on a Saturday night. That's where I like to hang with. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Just a very peaceful environment. Um, now, there's a, there's a bunch of places I like to hang my hat. I mean, I like to hang out at my friends' houses. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to go somewhere chill like play some pool that's always a nice one and uh i don't know man on my couch i hang my hat on my i chill on my couch all the time i put my feet up my feet are up right now i know the park the park near my house there's a park uh so you know ladiv maybe ladiv is Well, hats off yeah. to everything that you do for some Desire Wear Many Hats solutions. Do you have you ever played? I don't think I've ever seen you play a stripped down acoustic show. It's been a while. It's been a minute, right? But I want to do one soon. Yeah, no busking. Just you know. Yeah, just a just a nice. I my friend actually has a a gallery, and they're throwing like acoustic shows so i think i was going to set one up there um i actually was supposed to have a call with that guy so i'll call him in 10 minutes drop the gallery uh key smith gallery that's amazing that that sounds on fourth side that's that should be like the next you know venues they'd be popping up and down you know yeah long and gone i feel like galleries should be like the new spot so like i mean anna playing at m jewelers is kind of that that yep. yeah i mean i love i love the m too that's my manager <laughs> really yeah like dead ass my manager uh is the is his name is mark he started the m jewelers crazy yeah so m jewelers are the homies to to play at yeah i mean this this is like a great thought just to play yeah, you you're right now currently on this singer songwriter tip, just going mm-hmm. live. The M Jewelers would be a dope spot to play at the a gallery. Yo, who knows? There's a yeah. lot of good spots. Um, no, there's some great stuff, and I'm like, I'm down for it all. I, I'm if you want to book me to play acoustically, after listening to this podcast, whoever's out there, whoever's listening, hit me up. That's sick. That's sick. Yeah, Richie. If you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? Um, I feel like I already have I already have Brooklyn on my chest. <laughs> I know I got it when I was eighteen, but I'm from here. Man. I could I could do that. You could do that. Um, let's see a chest tattoo quote. Um, it would have to be, um, hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. Perfect. That's the attitude I want to go into life with, you know? Not Brooklyn. No. Hell yeah. <laughs> Plug your socials. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me anywhere that you type Richie Quake. I am the only motherfucker with that name on the internet. So if you put Richie Quake into your search bar, I will be there for you. And I will always be there for you in your heart. That was perfect. Thank you, Richie, for coming on Wear Many Hats. It was great to have you. Thank you so much. This was great. I appreciate you. Till next time, this is Wear Many Hats presented by Dasar, and I'm Rashad. Peace. Peace. Peace.